This episode is to bring truth to people who experience toxicity in their relationships. This is not to damage someone's character. And this is not to say the person in context of this episode has not changed. I can't speak to how they'd be in a relationship now. People can grow, and I'm not saying I'm perfect either. But it's important for me to share my truth and how I experienced mental abuse for three years. Let's get into it. Hi, and welcome back to Anxious and Thriving, the podcast where we normalize having conversations about anxiety. I am your host, Casey, and I'm having an identity crisis. (laughs) I'm thinking, well, okay, so I've changed my name so many times, right? When when I was in uh, preschool, my parents tried to call me uh, Casey for Caitlin Carroll. And uh, my preschool teacher was like, no, she needs to learn her like real name. So we're calling her Caitlin. So then that never worked out. But then I brought it back again in middle school and then it, it didn't work out. And then I brought it back in college. But I ended up changing my name so many times freshman year, like within the week. I was like, OK, I want Casey. Just kidding. I want Katie. Just kidding. I want Kate. Just kidding. Just call me Caitlin. I can't. I can't figure this out. So with my podcast and with my YouTube channel, I was thinking like, oh, I'll. I'll This is the perfect opportunity to go by Casey. So I'm going to stick with it. Uh, My last name is Willis. And I think Willis is like just a really fun name for like an internet persona. So like I'm having an identity crisis because I've changed my name so many times. And uh, I'm sure people are sick of it. But I don't care if you're sick of it because it's my name and I'm going to figure it out. Also, the tagline of this podcast I've changed like three times. I'm still working through it. But I mean, it's all the same. We are here talking about things that give us anxiety and normalizing these kinds of conversations that society doesn't really talk about or thinks is, uh, is, shouldn't be talked about, whatever. Um, also May is Mental Health Awareness Month. What's today? It is May 3rd. Mental Health Awareness Month. Yeah. So, I mean, Mental Health Awareness Month should be every month, should be every day. You should be um, trying to put yourself first. And I'm really learning to set boundaries for myself, learning what is good for me and what is not good for me. And if you've listened to my other episodes, in my first one, I told my story about my uh, anxiety and my depression and when it started and how bad it was. And literally... I haven't even gotten into today's um, topic and I'm already getting anxiety over it. This is a big deal for me. I mean, you can tell by the title that I am telling the truth, the true story about my toxic ex-boyfriend. And it's really, really difficult for me to share the truth um, because they he might listen to it um and it's a trauma response for me to protect him um because of all that we went through and in my situation there was a power control um over me literally my heart like sometimes with anxiety my heart feels like really really fast other times it feels really heavy like a big bass drum and that's how it feels right now and i get really warm um But because it's Mental Health Awareness Month, like, I just wanted to be 
honest about what I went through because what I went through is not okay and it shouldn't be accepted and I shouldn't have just moved past it like I did in my first episode. Again, I tried to protect him and it just wasn't the right thing to do and I haven't thought about like him in this way. I haven't thought about our relationship since that time because I'd finally moved on from him. I didn't need to think about him but like with this podcast I need to start talking about things that I went through because I find that it's important to talk about because you if you're watching maybe you've experienced a toxic relationship before maybe you've experienced gaslighting uh narcissists mental abuse physical abuse um i would say i was um mentally abused i was in a mentally abusive relationship and um it took me a while to put that label on it and um so we're just gonna get we're just going to get into it. I'm going to tell you what I uh, what I didn't say in my first episode. And before we get into the story, uh, last week I liked, or the week before because I skipped last week's episode, I took a break, which was really nice. I got into my new routine of uh, part-time work and it was so crazy um, going from 40 hours, 15 hours. I thought 15 was still going to be a lot and I was like, I'm done for the day at like noon or one. Uh, what? So that was nice, um, but uh, in the episode before this one, I did some techniques on how to help your anxiety, and so I'm going to try to do that, tell you like one piece of advice for dealing with anxiety, one way to help um, before I start every episode. So for this week's episode, I'm going to share a piece of advice that my cousin taught me when I was really going through it. And if you're in the moment, you're either having like an anxiety attack or you're really overwhelmed. What she taught me to do was to pick out five things from each of the senses and just name them. Because that makes your brain start to think about something else and starts to hone in on things that are tactical, things that are real and in your room. So like for instance, I'd name five things that I see in my room. Um, I see my pig stuffed animal, I see my glasses, I see tissues, I see my salt lamp, and I see vines hanging from my ceiling. And then I would do five touch things, so uh, my sweatshirt, my hair, um, my smooth legs, because I just shaved. Um, I can do this glass of lemon water. How many is that? I don't know. Um, but something like that, like just go through, oops, uh, go through, um, all of the senses and just pick out five things from each of them. And while you're doing this, make sure you're taking your deep breaths. <sighs> Sorry, that, that inhale didn't sound too good. <laughs> My allergies are really bad because of the, uh, the spring and just because I have acid reflux and whatever the frick, I have to get tested. Um, I also just ate oatmeal, so if I burp during this episode... Oh god, like that, excuse me, that's definitely gonna happen, I also had coffee. Anyways, um, so doing stuff like that definitely helps me come down from an anxiety attack. I don't really have them too often, or maybe I do, but they, they look different than they used to. Like, I don't get extreme heart palpitations sometimes, like I explained with, before I even got into this, my heart feels like heavy, feels like a deep pounding, 
or I'll just feel mentally overwhelmed. Um, different, different anxiety attacks for different feelings for different situations. So getting into this, uh, this story is really hard for me. Um, like I said, it's a trauma response to protect him, my ex. And if I ever say his name in this, um, episode, I'm going to bleep it out. Um, but basically I, I protected him the entire relationship and post relationship because he had this control over me. And I am, even though I've moved on and I'm confident in myself and I don't miss him, I don't miss the relationship, I still protect him and I downplay what he did to myself. If I'm like talking to my friends about it, I'm open and honest and, and sometimes I still might downplay it or protect him and they're like, um, hell no. Like a lot of friends were like, you should really open up about what actually happened in the relationship because they didn't like the way that I talked about him in the first episode. And then I found that other friends, like certain people reached out and said, but like you did um, put him in a, in a good light and you didn't like completely like put him down. So like that was good of you, whatever. But like, and I'm, I'm not like hating on these people, but, um, those people were involved in some sort of toxic or abusive relationship so that's why they had that response which makes sense because that's how I feel I was trying to put him in a good light and let me preface this like we don't talk every day um we're not like close friends I am not in any way trying to hang out with him or trying to talk to him or trying to form some sort of relationship with him um, the only reason why we talk now, and the not, I, I don't even know if talk is the right word, like, because I don't really talk to him, but, um, I think I've said this before, uh, his best friend, uh, passed away in January, and, um, he lived with him his senior year of college, and my ex is one year older than me, and, um, Basically, I was uh, completely involved in um, my ex's life. I didn't really have a life of my own, so everything that he did, I did. And I, I do like his friends. Like, I, I, I'm grateful that I was able to make more friends and form these bonds. But realistically, like, he didn't let me have my own life. Um, and me being an empath, I just put my entire life onto him, and I didn't really care about me. Um... But I did get to know this friend that passed away. So it was nice that me and my ex were able to talk and remember the good times. Like I texted him one day, like a a month later or whatever. I think it was his birthday in March. I texted him that I was like crying this morning and he was like, yeah, me too. So like it's a weird relationship. And I was thinking about this whole thing before I started this podcast because this has been eating away at me ever since I did the first episode that like Caitlin you didn't say this right or Casey I Caitlin is my name in real life Casey is my internet name so like Casey you didn't you didn't say the right things and um I got like really overwhelmed for like two weeks like that I have to get this episode out um so it's weird because we're still talking but like again I have this thought of like if I were to put out this episode and he were to like say something to me that he was upset about it and or that I didn't display him in the the right light or whatever 
or I uh, blew up some things that he did or whatever and he decided to like stop talking to me would I care no <laughs> like realistically I was looking forward to getting together with all of uh, friends the friend that passed away um, and just celebrating his life but um, to be honest I talked to probably like every week um, I talked to my relatives that have passed away, my grandparents, um, my French teacher, my high school advisor, and I talk to them like every week. So I have my own way of honoring him and remembering him and celebrating him. Like I don't necessarily need to uh, be reunited with all his, his friends because if that didn't happen, then whatever. So like if my if my ex decided to stop talking to me and I never saw him again, like um okay. I'd move, I would be fine. Who cares? Like, I don't have a relationship with this person. So, it would be okay. And, um, I thought about, like, should I tell them that I'm doing this episode? Um, no. Because, again, I have to remind myself that this is my freaking podcast and I can talk about whatever the frick I want to talk about. So, I don't need his permission to tell my personal story. This isn't his story. This is my story. So, I can talk about whatever the frick I want. So, um, I mean, we follow each other on social media, so will he see this? Probably. Will he watch the episode or listen to the episode? I don't know. Um, who cares, though? <laughs> like, I'm just gonna go for it. So, this was my one and only relationship. I've never had one after this i've never had one before this if you count middle school relationships <laughs> which not really uh, i've dated other people like been on a few dates hung out with people or whatever but i've never oh my neck is ooh. but i've never um been in a relationship with anybody else besides him i need to burp again <laughs> i'm so sorry um let me get a sip of my lemon water before i get into this because literally my anxiety Oh, listen to that. It's like ASMR. Oh, the water. Can you hear the water? A little bit of ASMR. <laughs> um, so, this was freshman year. My freshman year. And again, he's one year older than me. So, I met him second semester freshman year. He was a sophomore and he was an RA. Actually, in my building. Um, but he was an RA for, um, the boys' floor of, was it the third floor? Uh, and I was on the first floor, so I had a different RA, so, like, it was kind of weird that I was dating an RA when I was living in the building as a resident, but he wasn't my RA, so it was, like, okay. Um, and he had to, I think, have a conversation with his boss asking if it was okay. Kind of weird. Um, but... Basically, like, freshman year, first semester, I made all these friends, and it was amazing, and I was, like, doing things around the, the town, um, going to festivals, learning what's, what's in the town, going to, um, gorges, this is with, with, this was at, uh, Ithaca College in New York, so there's a lot of gorges and waterfalls and hiking trails um the downtown vibe is like very hipster uh there's some bars whatever i didn't go to bars until i was 21 
Um, I didn't have a fake, <laughs> but um, another another thing that my uh, ex kind of put on me is like you shouldn't do that, so I didn't do it because um, I basically followed him and everything that he did. Anyway, but freshman year first semester was amazing, and I had all these friends and we were doing stuff all the time, and then second semester. For some reason, like, I'd never really talked to him or saw him first semester when he, we were in the same building. But, um, I started seeing him and hanging out with him. And he would be in the, um, like, what, what did you call it? Like, a study room? Um, like, the shared space. Uh, sometimes I can't think of words. My English, oh my god. Um, study lounge? Study lounge. And, like, he would like to hang out with, like, some of the residents. He had a couple of friends that were residents. And so we started hanging out and um, eventually we started dating. And then um, this was a, this was like late January and then we probably started our relationship. We officially started March 3rd. That was our, that was our anniversary date. Um, and that semester, those first few months into the summer, it's like the honeymoon phase. The first year is the honeymoon phase. Nothing, nothing in your head that they do is bad. But literally, like, from the start, I can remember things that should have been red flags for me that I just pushed past. I just, like, I was like, oh, okay, like, whatever. There was this one instance when um, my friend had heard that she got the RA job that she wanted for the following year. And she thought she'd celebrate with, like, one glass of wine or whatever it was. And I think she Snapchatted me and I was with in his room. I'm gonna bleep that out. Um, I was with him in his room, and he, like, I was right next to him on his bed, and he saw the Snapchat, and he turned into, uh, RA and was like, uh, she's underage, and she should not be drinking, and I'm gonna get her in trouble. I'm gonna speak to her boss that hired her and tell her what happened. Um, and I I did not know what to do because in the honeymoon phase, and for me as an empath, I don't like to get angry at people. I don't like to have, um, I don't like to, what's the word? I can't think of the word. Oh my god. I don't like conflict. And so I was, uh, kind of freaking out, but I was like, um, like, you shouldn't do that, like that's my friend, but not, like, really standing up for her, um, and I think he texted her something, like, she's gonna get in trouble or something, because he had her number, and then one of my, uh, best friends and my neighbor in my building, um, she was with this other friend that got the RA job that she was talking to, and she storms upstairs to where we are, knocks on the door, comes in, and is like, you cannot talk to my friend like that. Like, how dare you? And all the while, I'm just kind of like sitting there quiet. But I'm like grateful that she was able to say what I wasn't able to say. And then nothing came from it. He didn't say anything. But still, like, mm, what? And um, there's this other time, too, when it was uh, my other really good friend's birthday coming up in uh, April. And I thought about getting her, like, a, a thing of whatever it was at the time. Beer or, like, seltzer or something. <coughs> Excuse me. I forget, like, the popular drinks freshman year. Why can't I think of them? I don't know. 
Um, oh, 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 wait, they just came to my head and then they went away. Whatever it was, it was some fruity something. And, um, I didn't tell him that I was getting her, like, drinks for her birthday. Because ever since the whole incident with my friend getting the RA job and, like, having one glass of wine, I was like, okay, I can never talk about alcohol ever again with him because he'll freak out and he'll do something. And so I remember we were walking to class and um, we were about to split ways because we were going in different buildings. And he was like, so what are you getting for her birthday? And I was like, um, I like, I like didn't say, but I was kind of like, uh, I don't know. Or I don't remember what I said, but I was like beating around the bush. I didn't want to say it to him. He didn't have to know. Um, but he was like, you're getting her alcohol, aren't you? I was like, um, maybe. And he said something talking down to me like I shouldn't do that and then stormed off to his class. <laughs> like, so ridiculous. And then he would tell me stories of um, how he brought his friends over to visit while he was an RA and like they would go into classrooms while people weren't in them late at night and be drinking. Telling me all these stories but then like when I would bring up drinking, he would like talk down to me. And say that I shouldn't be doing that. This is the thing with um, toxic relationships like this. They like to have control over you. And they like to have power over you. But they're, they're different around their friends. Unless you're with, you were with like me and him. I don't know, all the time. Like his roommates saw it. Saw that it was bad. But, like, his other friends didn't really see that side of him. Because, I don't know, like, because I was dating him, it was a different relationship than him and his friends. I don't know. Um, but I have heard stories of that with other toxic people, how they are so friendly to, like, strangers and other people. But then with the people they're really close to, they're toxic. Who knows why? I don't know. Different relationship. They like to put on an act for other people and seem like they're all great. But then one-on-one, -on -one, it's like, mm, not really. <laughs> um, and so, sophomore year, he lived in a bigger apartment on campus and I ended up living in a single. And this whole time we were dating, he never really hung out with my friends and I remember there was this one night, so usually when we were hanging out, he was always doing something else, but he always wanted me to be there. Like, either he wanted me to go hang out with him at work, and I would just sit there, or uh, he'd be playing video games with his friends, but he'd want me in the room. And I don't, I've said this multiple times to some friends, I don't remember ever, ever having a conversation with him where he was looking at me. Isn't that sad? Like, uh, maybe if we were at a restaurant one-on-one, -on -one, he looked at me while I was speaking. Otherwise, he was looking at his phone, he was driving, he was looking at uh, his video games, he was watching TV, whatever it was. He never really was looking at me or listening to me, you know? And so, there was this one night I remember, so his on-campus apartment was like over here. Okay, and then there was this, like, long kind of street, still on campus, um, and then there were my apartments, like, at the back of campus. <clears throat> so, not a far walk, really, 
but um in the dark it's it can be kind of creepy because there's like woods back there um so it can be a little sketchy at least for a girl or woman to be walking those streets by herself at night and i remember my um my really good friend that i'm at freshman year um was living kind of in the same area that my single was and her hometown best friend was visiting who i've met before so i wanted to go see her and i was like can you drive me and he's like no you can walk <sighs> so i walked in the dark i was freaked out and um but yeah he nope he didn't do anything for me so that was that and then second semester he so this was my sophomore year his junior year because again he's one year older than me so his second semester of junior year he ended up studying quote abroad not really abroad he was in california in la um but that gave me the opportunity to actually like hang out with my friends again but it was still like the first year of us dating so it was still the honeymoon phase so like i missed him and i like hung out by myself a lot of the time but like my friends would try to get me to hang out with them so that was good learning how to have a, a life apart from him and then in the summers we would hang out together because his family would take a lot of vacations my family doesn't really do that um so like he would invite me on family vacations i'd go with him every summer uh he never really <coughs> excuse me need my lemon water one moment um he never really got close with my family uh he said that it was because uh, i have cats and he's allergic to them which i understand but like i had this whole relationship with like his younger sister loved her um she's great um but he never developed any sort of relationship with my siblings or my parents same thing with my friends i remember there was like one time we were at lunch on campus with all my friends and he decided to come over and he said nothing he didn't talk the whole time and then that same thing happened uh my junior year his senior year so following year after he had studied abroad then he was a senior and i was a junior sorry if this is confusing um he lived in an apartment off campus and i lived in two different apartments one apartment freshman i mean uh, first semester junior year another apartment second semester and um the first one he ended up coming over finally and um it was with me and my roommates and we were hanging out maybe we were like talking and then we were watching tv i don't remember something a mix like that and he was just sitting there awkwardly he never said anything and part of me thinks that's because he knew that my friends didn't didn't really like him <laughs> because what was sad is that the only stories that my friends heard about him because he never hung out with them or me with my friends was all the negative stories like i'd come home and say all the bad things that had happened so all my friends weren't his biggest fan we'll just say that um but i had thought about studying abroad this year oh my god i gotta burp again um because junior year is typically the year that people study abroad 
so I was thinking about it, and uh, he was like, but it's my senior year, like, you're really gonna go abroad when it's my last year, and then so I decided not to. Again, it's that that power hold, that control that they want over you. They don't need to do anything for you, but they want you to do everything for them. And me being an empath, I was like, yeah, okay. He's upset. I don't want to make him upset. And I think he knew that that's how I, my, my brain operated. He, t- he was able to take advantage of me because he knew that I'd always be there for him. Oh, so we would hang out at um, his off-campus apartment a lot and his friends would come over we'd play games we'd drink and honestly like I liked that um I was fine doing like house parties or like playing games board games video games like I'm someone that likes doing that so I was fine with it but there were times when I missed like going out to like other house parties or frat parties or whatever I still couldn't do bars because I wasn't 21 but like Parties where it's, like, a house full of random people and there's music. Like, I really had fun at those. But he would always be uh, weird about me going out and partying. He'd be like, okay, you can't dance with any of the guys. You can't flirt with any of the guys. And he'd be weird about what I was wearing. Um, But there was this girl that ended up dating one of his best friends and so the four of us would hang out a lot and um there was one night when she wanted to go out and was okay with me going out too because it was with this girl and he knew he knew her he, he trusted her so he was like okay you can go with the and like he dropped us off and then he's like okay i'll pick you up afterwards so like we only went to that house party and then that was it and he was okay with it he allowed me to go because it was with this girl that he had trusted so that's pretty fucked (laughs) so then my second semester I like started to realize the importance of hanging out with my friends and this semester I moved apartments it was uh one closer to my classes it was a little cheaper so that's why I moved And, um, the people that I moved in with, some of them were new, some of them I knew, um, but they also didn't put up with his shit, (laughs) and so they would help me with, like, doing things apart from him, um, and hanging out with them, and doing things that I like to do again, like going out and all this stuff. We have this one event uh right before finals every year it's called kendall day it's the street called kendall where everybody has a a darty and uh, which is an outdoor party um and uh i didn't go freshman year because it was like there's gonna be cops and they're gonna arrest you so i didn't go sophomore year i didn't go um i forget why i think because like came back at that time and I didn't go because of that. And then junior year, so this is my junior year, I, I decided to go. Because um, my friends, my roommates were inviting me and they said we were all going to go as a group. And I kind of got over the idea that like the cops were going to arrest everybody because that just doesn't happen. They were only there to like make sure nothing happened. And so I just like started doing things 
apart from him. And junior year, second semester is when I, like, started to not have the same feelings for him anymore. Um, but I would do things or say things again and again to see if his, like, mindset or opinion would change. Like, I would bring up certain things a few times to see if, um, his opinion would change and to see if he would, if he as a person had changed. The answer is no. (laughs) There was, um, this one topic of conversation that we argued about a lot and I really wanted to get a pixie cut. I had wanted one basically since high school and I cut my hair short freshman year, kind of like a bob-ish and then it grew out and then I really wanted a pixie cut so I brought it up a bunch of times and he always would say like, I don't want you to get that. I like your long hair. Honestly, I don't find girls with short hair attractive. I'm like, wow, okay. Fuck you. (laughs) Um, and so there's one time, this was probably like the third time or whatever I was bringing up, but we were, um, sitting at his kitchen table and I brought it up again and I like showed him a picture of what I wanted and he got really frustrated and he's like, you already know my opinion about this. I don't find girls with short hair attractive. Like, I don't think I'd find you attractive anymore. And I think I remember saying, like, well, would we still be in a relationship? Like, would you still love me? And he, I don't think he said, like, yeah, I'd still love you, but I wouldn't find you attractive anymore. So, like, it would be different. The fuck? And he got so frustrated that I was, I was bringing it up again that he stormed off into his room and was, like, face down lying down on his bed. Because, like, after a few minutes, I was, like, me being the empath... I went over and I just wanted to solve all the problems. Like, I hate when there's conflict. So, I went in and um, I was like, I'm sorry I brought it up again. And I honestly, this has been a while, so I totally, I don't really remember everything that we said. But um, he was, he said again something like, I've told you how I feel about this. Like, I don't know why you keep bringing it up. And that's another form of gaslighting. Um, is when they put everything on you, when you try to bring up something that bothers you and they're like, but I've told you already, I don't want to talk about this, or like, you're wrong, you remember it wrong, whatever, all this stuff. I didn't know what gaslighting was until years later after we broke up, uh, but there's a lot of that. And so at the end of this conversation, he's like, well, do you want to break up? I was like, we're having a breakup conversation because I talked about that I want to cut my hair. Do you realize how crazy this is? Of course, I didn't say that. That was in my head. Um, I never really said how I truly felt about, um, something because if I did, it would be gas, I would be gaslighted and he would say, like, I remember something wrong or that I'm in the wrong or blah, 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 whatever it was. And he would always, like, give me this stern look with, like, his head down, eyebrows back, his eyes were really big. And it was, like, a parent talking down to you. That was, like, his face and his whole vibe when he would, like, tell me off. Um, so this was, like, a month or so before he was going to graduate this whole, quote, argument. Stupid. And I, I wanted him to have a good graduation. I wanted him to have, like, happy memories of his senior year. So I'm like, no, let's not break up. Um, and then... We stayed together, we went on uh, trips again over the summer, and then I was still really feeling like my feelings weren't the same, 
excuse me, um, and I was talking to my mom and my friends, and they were like, you just need to break up with him, and again, like, I had, I had been so involved in his life, I didn't have a life of my own, those whole, all those, like, two, two, three years that we were together in college, like, I didn't have my own life, I was always with him, so the idea, uh, the idea of breaking up with him, I was losing my life, so I was like, I can't, I can't do that, like, as much of, like, like, he, he was toxic, but even, even just knowing that, like, that couldn't keep me away from the relationship, because that, like, control part of the relationship, that, like, power-hungry whatever, he, like, had this control over me, and I was obedient, and so I didn't want to leave. I didn't know how to leave, but so I finally came to the point of, like, okay, I need to do this, and so I faced, no, I didn't, I didn't face him. I called him. This was, like, a few weeks before my senior year was going to start because everyone was like you need to do it before you start your senior year just to get a fresh start and um so I called him and I was like but I still want to do this in person so I was going to drive all the way to him he was um living in Jersey I was in Mass so I was going to drive all the way to him me being an empath again I was like whatever I'll just do it who cares But some people in my life were like, no, you shouldn't drive all the way there. He's been a jerk to you. Um, Meet halfway. Make him meet you halfway. So I picked a halfway point in, like, Connecticut or I don't remember where. And I remember when we were getting close to the destination, I called him because I couldn't find parking. And I was like, did you find it? Like, I'm, I'm still looking for parking. And he was like, you're the one that's breaking up with me. Like, you and you're the one that chose this spot and made me come all this way. So, like, you should know where the parking is or whatever. I was like are you serious right now? Like, what the fuck? And then we found, we sat in a park, we were talking it out. It was very hard for me to come to terms that this is what I needed to do. Like, I could not get the words out of, like, I'm breaking up with you. But he had apparently talked to his dad, and his dad said that, like, uh, this, this breakup would be good for me because it sounds like I need it. Um, so we ended up breaking up. Um, and I don't know if I should say this or not. It's kind of like a a little weird detail that I've never said before. Um, but when we were leaving that park, uh, we hugged each other. And I don't know if I'm going to cut this, but like, he like grabbed my butt when we were hugging. And then we left. And I thought that, okay, that's kind of weird. Uh, we just broke up and you're doing that. Okay. But now looking back at it, it feels like a, a last, the last action of like control. Like I'm an object still to him and he still has this control over me. Which is kind of creepy, like if you think about it. Um, oh, I forgot all these stories. So, sorry, I have a bunch of notes on here from like specific times um, where he gaslit me or yelled at me or had this power over me. Um, so yes, we did break up and I went into my senior year, but going back a little bit, cause I want to share these stories. Um, so something, some stories similar to the, the hair cutting story. 
So again, I was over his apartment all the time senior year, and not even just his senior year, all the freaking time wherever he lives in college. Um, but he would like cook us dinner, I'd help, his roommate would help every single night, right? So I like literally always ate there. There's this one night when he was cooking chicken, and at the time I didn't really love chicken. So I said, I'm not really in the mood for that, I think I'm going to order Panera. And he was furious. Basically, he was yelling at me saying I wasn't grateful. I should eat whatever he's making because I'm making he's making it for me. And I shouldn't be ordering Panera and I should just be grateful and I should just eat it. And I'm like, thinking back at all these things, like the arguments that he got so pissed off at, I'm like, are not that big a deal. If I didn't want to eat the fucking chicken, you don't need to throw a temper tantrum. <laughs> and I wanted to walk out and go home but he lived in an apartment off campus so I couldn't do that and I didn't have a car so I think I just ended up eating the freaking chicken whatever so weird to think about now um there was another time when so I got really close to his friends and there was this one girl who I got really really close with she was hilarious we would laugh all the time make these inside jokes so we were hanging out the two of us in his room this girl and me and he was in the other room like the living room with one of his other friends doing something i don't know but we were laughing so hard at something and then he storms in and he's like can you guys shut up you're being really loud and it's obnoxious like he was serious he had that like again he had that stern look where he was looking down at you with like the big eyes whatever and i'm like are you kidding me and our, our other friend was like, what? So, like, certain things like that, where he just, like, thought that he could do whatever he wanted with me. Um, and then there was another time when, again, he always played video games, whatever. And so he was sitting in his chair playing video games. And the TV was here, he was here, and, um, like, a, he was a little off to the side. And I was at the sitting at the edge end of his bed like on the ground with my back to the bed and I don't remember the conversation I just remember crying um maybe it was about how he didn't listen to me or all this stuff I don't really remember but all I remember is that I was crying and he said I'm not gonna feel bad for you just because you're crying like I'm not gonna give in and help you just because you're crying like get over it and so again I was stuck there I didn't have a car, so I just kept crying until I just, I either just went to bed in his room or I went in the other room, I don't know. But he had no empathy for me. None. Like, I think he did love me. Like, again, there were parts of the relationship that I liked, but empathy, he didn't have that. <laughs> he was all about himself. And he just needed me to be there for the ride, along for the ride. Um, and, um, ba -da -ba -da -ba. he also got really frustrated at me that I couldn't stay awake past 10 p.m. On, like, school nights. Because, like, whatever, his schedule, he had class later. Who cared about my schedule? He'd get mad if I couldn't stay awake for a movie or if, like, he was playing video games and I wanted to go to bed early. Or not not even early. It was, like, 10 o'clock or 9.30. And, um, I mean, that's when I go to bed now and I'm freaking exhausted. And so, 
I'd like get in bed, get ready for bed. And he's like, no, you can't go to bed without me. So I'd be exhausted and I'd have to stay awake until he was done playing his stupid video games and then we'd go to bed together. Or like there came to a point where he was so upset that I'd, I'd be falling asleep at 10 p.m. That he's like, you probably have an iron deficiency. And we went to that, um, it's like that protein workout um, store. It's sort of a G or something. Um, but we went in and we bought iron pills so that I would be able to stay awake at night with him. Like, I didn't think anything of that at the time. I didn't get checked out to see if I had low iron. I just went along with it. And I'm not faulting me because I'm the victim here. I'm faulting him because what the fuck? Like, seriously. And... Again, that whole angry look he, he'd give me was, like, scary. Like, he holds the power over me, and he's talking down to me. And there was this one time we got in an argument. I don't Again, I don't know what it was, but he had this, like, flip-flop or something. And I was standing up near his door in his bedroom, and he was sitting on his bed. And I wouldn't say I threw it at him. I, like, tossed it at him because I was angry, but I knew I couldn't really show my anger because he would get furious. But at this point, just, like, I needed to do it. So I tossed. And I'm not just saying that protect, to protect myself. I literally just tossed it at him. <laughs> oh, my God. The burps in this episode. <laughs> I tossed it at him. And he got so mad. He did that face again. He's like, don't you ever do that to me ever again. That is not okay. And I remember being like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to. I don't know why I did that. Oh, just like, looking back and knowing where I am now, I would never say those things again. But I was so trapped in this relationship. Trapped in this, uh, this weird, power-hungry relationship. That he had all this power over me and talked down to me and everything that I said was wrong. I didn't remember certain things correctly. Or everything I do is like, I'm stupid, I don't know things, blah blah blah, all this stuff. So I just stopped bringing up things that bothered me. Because I would be gaslighted into saying I was wrong or that I don't remember it. Or that he'd yell at me or give me that look, which ended up being scary for me. I didn't like it. Um, so like looking back at it, when we when we broke up... He was like, why didn't you, like, say how you really felt? Like, you should have communicated with me. And at the time, I was like, yeah, I should have. But, like, looking back, like, I did communicate my problems with him. But I stopped because he wouldn't listen to me. So I couldn't say how I felt, really, because he wouldn't hear me out. He wouldn't listen to me. So going back to where we were, we broke up right before my senior year. But I still talked to him. I couldn't fully let go. And I recognized that I really just should have stopped talking to him. Um, that was a problem that I had. And, um, but he took it as, like, I still wanted the relationship. Like, maybe down the road we'd, we'd get into something. I think I did say things like, maybe eventually we could get back together. Um, but I did say, like, I don't feel the same way as you do right now because he would like send cute messages to me and I'd be like I can't reciprocate I'd say things like you can be with other people like it's okay um 
realistically, I just should have stopped talking to him. And realistically, he should have moved on and, like, given me space. And, um, I ended up, uh, meeting a guy when I was out at the bar one night. Senior year, I could finally go to the clubs. Mm -mm -mm. My birthday's in June, so I always had to wait till like, the, the following year to do things. Especially turning 21. I had to wait till my senior year to do that stuff. Um... But so I was out at a bar with my friends, and I met this guy, and uh, we ended up going home together, and uh, we slept together. Plain and simple, that's what happened. It was fun. I knew that I wasn't, like, ready for a relationship, but I wanted to know what it was like being with someone else sexually. Because all I knew was and, like, towards the end of our relationship, I, like, put him in this, like put him in this picture of like he was evil he was mean he was abusive i was kind of embarrassed to be with him honestly because all my friends knew what he was really like my family knew what he was like and so that made me think of him as like icky and i didn't want to like be with him sexually anymore towards the end of our relationship too it would just be like a one and done kind of thing with him and then he'd go off and do something else, and that's not what I wanted. I wanted, like, real shit. Um, so anyway, I hooked up with this one guy, and it was really fun, and I enjoyed myself. Um, honestly, was it better than all the other times with my ex? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was, and that's not a fault to my ex. Um, I've learned that you need to have the same kind of communication style, the same sort of interests, and, um communicate about what you're what you want in that like sexual experience whatever uh, you have to be on the same level me and we weren't on the same level he wanted certain things and i wanted other things and so i we i didn't enjoy it um but with this other guy that i hooked up with i did and found out about it and um he got really upset and after that, he was like, okay, you need to call me every time you come home from going out so that I know you're not sleeping with another guy. I'm like, uh, we're not together. Uh, okay. And so I was still in the mindset of like, I, he, he still has a control over me and um, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna let him know. I'm gonna call him after every night, whatever. Was the control? Was it that I didn't want to lose him? Probably both. But, so I ended up doing that. I called him after every night, whatever. So stupid. And then I ended up hooking up with this guy again multiple times because it was fun. And because I was single. Hello? I was single. And, um... This was towards the end of that first semester senior year for me. Andrew had graduated and he found out that I had hooked up with this guy again and he called me and this was one of the most horrid conversations I've ever had with the person. Luckily for me growing up, I didn't have any bullies, I don't think. I didn't have people calling me names. I didn't have toxicity really. In this format, um, but he called me, and I'll, I'll, I wrote down what he said, because I remember it very well. 
So I'm scrolling on my notes to find it. Oh, okay. He said, I'm gonna po- I'm gonna post all your nudes. I'm gonna make sure you can never get a job because I know people in the industry call me whore and then said I can go kill myself. No one's ever said that to me. Any vet. Um, so that was the last straw for me. I was crying hysterically. And he was like, I'm going to come up there to Ithaca. And I was like, no, I don't want you to come up. And I hung up. And he ended up calling me like 20 more times, leaving me voicemail, saying I need to pick up. And I was with my roommates, my best friends. And they were like, no, you're not answering. Put your phone on silent. Like, you're not talking to him anymore. And that was that. And um, he stopped calling. And... Basically, we didn't talk for another five months. I was enjoying my independence. I um, I did stop um, hooking up with guys, though, and, like, seeing guys, meeting up with guys um, at the start of my second semester because I just wanted to be independent. Um, didn't want to deal with anything. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and so... I was, I was, I was becoming more confident, I was learning to love myself, but I still missed him, literally every day I was thinking about him, and I was like, how good would it be, the relationship, us two, if he were better, like, if only he were a good guy, then the relationship would be great, and I was thinking, like, what if he's been changing like I've been changing during this time, like, what if the relationship could be better, then it would be, like, amazing, And so that feeling got stronger and stronger and stronger. And I really wanted him around for my graduation because it was a special time and I wanted to celebrate it with him. Stupid. But so I knew he was on campus um, at this time. I think it was like April of 2018, right before my graduation or a month before. And I texted him that I wanted to talk. Um... And we ended up meeting up. First of all, he had um, this friendship with this girl that um, something almost happened between them. This is not my story to tell, but like it relates to me, so I'm going to say it. Like he had this thing almost happened with this girl. Nothing ended up happening, but he was visiting her um, at Ithaca the time that I wanted to talk to him. And we had talked about that, that he was visiting this girl. And he's like, yeah, but we're friends, so I'm allowed to do it. But any time going forward that I would talk about the guy I hooked up with, he would, like, get really upset about it and say what you did was not okay. So again, and this is often um, a guy having this power over a girl, not saying it can't happen in other types of relationships but like misogyny is a thing (laughs) and uh women are suppressed oppressed um and so he would he would talk down to me still but i didn't i it didn't compute in my head that he was still doing all the stuff even though i thought he had changed um so like looking back at it he really hadn't changed though i thought that he did but the little things I noticed afterwards were still not good. So, when we were talking, 
um he was like okay i'll consider getting back together with you but you have to admit like all the wrong stuff that you did last fall that you led me on and that like i don't know if i can trust you and i was like well we were in a relationship but like yeah i shouldn't have i shouldn't have been talking to you shouldn't have led you on but like you need to also apologize for all the horrible things that you said to me and i said you said this this and this and he was like i don't remember saying those things but like i guess i'm sorry if i did i'm sorry i will no longer accept those types of apologies the ones where they're like i'm sorry you feel that way i'm sorry if i did this like no i'm saying that you did do this and i'm saying that i feel this way because of what you did so there's no ifs there's no sorry that you feel this way. No, I'm sorry that I did this is what you should have said. So I I accepted that apology because I'm dumb. No, again, not faulting me as the victim. I had, this was my trauma response and I just wanted, I wanted him back because I was used to having him all the time. And um, so we, we got back together. We never put a label on it. Uh, we were together through April through November of 2018 um and things seemed good the only things that seemed off were we didn't do anything sexually with each other um i was okay like having sex with him but we never did um when we got back together we never did anything when we got back together we never had sex but like he wanted to do other things and i didn't like i still had that like icky thought about him but like i also at the time didn't love doing certain things and um he would get really upset with me when i didn't want to do those things and i remember we got into an argument argument about it and went to sleep didn't without saying anything to each other when i was visiting him um and uh just like ridiculous thinking back on it because at the time i was like why aren't i into this anymore like i used to like that's on me and he would be like, do you not, like, find me attractive anymore? Do you think that I'm, do you think of me as a brother now? And I'm like, no. But he would, like, get pissed off at me for not wanting to do anything sexual with him, which is fucked up. I realize now. And there was also the time, this time, that summer, when one of my friends had, like, come home from um, living abroad. And he was in Boston. And he asked if I wanted to come see him before he left again. And I was like, yeah. And I didn't have any thought in my head of, like, something was going to happen with me and this guy friend. I just wanted to see him again. Because uh, I hadn't seen, seen him in a while. And he was like, okay, but you need to text me the entire time you're there. I'm like, okay. So I got there. I think I texted him that I got there, but obviously I didn't text him the whole time because that's rude and I wanted to spend time with my friend. And he got upset at me for not texting him and not keeping him updated. So, like, things in the moment I didn't realize were, like, huge because he wasn't... It was also probably because of distance. We weren't together all the time. So, like, the little things like that, I mean, they weren't so little realistically, but, like... When we were together, it was special because, like, we knew that we only had a certain amount of days to hang out before I'd have to go home. Because we lived in different states. But, um, over time, 
uh, both of us started not having the same feelings for each other anymore, and we mutually broke up in November. And I knew it was the right thing to do, but I was very upset about it. And this goes back to my story about how my anxiety and my depression started. Part of it was because I was trying to get over uh, my ex. And I was depressed for the next like five or six months. And um, he ended up coming home. And his parents and my parents, their homes are like a few towns over from each other. So when he was coming home, we like hung out. And uh, we got, like, breakfast at this diner or whatever, and I still have the same feelings for him. And then we ended up going for a walk, and um, I was talking to my mom, and she was like, if you still have the same feelings for him, and it's just, like, excuse me, if it's, like, making you feel overwhelmed, and, like, it's the only thing you think about every day, like, you just need to let it out, so, and just see what happens. So, we were on the walk, and I told him that I still felt the same about him and he was like oh like I've been I've been trying to move on this whole time so I don't think that I'd I'd be down for that and I was upset in the moment but I was like okay at least now I know but then he had the audacity to say but I still don't think I could like fully trust you after everything um that pissed me off I'm like, you're fucking kidding me. Like, we weren't together, and just because you uh, you lost control, that was the whole thing. He, he lost his control when I started hanging out with other guys. He didn't have that power over me anymore. And that's what made him lose his shit on me, is because he lost that control. And then he got it back when we ended up back together. But he still had this idea that he was better than me. And that I made all these mistakes. And that he still couldn't trust me after all that. So, I went home that night. I was upset because the relationship wasn't going to work out. But then the next morning, I woke up pissed off. I was like, how have I been so upset over you and our relationship this whole time? And wanting to be back together with you. When you've been horrible to me the entire relationship. Um, no. And the fact that he said the whole trust thing again, I'm like, absolutely not. And I was pissed off for a while. And eventually that turned to just like being at peace with it and whatever. And moving on with my life. But that was a whole four year thing. Being in the relationship and then slowly having my mindset change to realize that I'm a boss ass bitch. I am amazing, and that he was lucky to have dated me, not the other way around. It's just how it is. And, um, but then, like, I don't, I don't have any harsh thoughts towards him anymore. Like, I wanted to tell that story because that's how I felt in the moment, and that's truly what happened. I, as the victim of that relationship am the one that's in the right (laughs) honestly and um i have the right to tell the story because this is my truth and it could help people that are dealing with this or that have dealt with toxicity and narcissism and gaslighting and mental abuse because that's what that's what that was that's what that relationship was that's what he was and 
that's my mentality has shifted like I don't I don't hate him I I don't wish him poor whatever I I, like I wish him well (laughs) wish him poor that's not a thing I wish him well like I I hope he has a good life hope he has good friends hope his family's doing good like I don't have any harsh things to say about him anymore and again, we talk about our, our friend Pete that passed away, and I'm okay with that. Do I want to form any relationship with him? No. Do I need to do that? No. If he watches this episode and says, fuck you, I don't care, because this is what happened. And I was never I was never able to voice this before. And I was never able to come to terms with what happened. And I wanted to say this whole truth, because... I downplayed it a lot and I don't want to I don't want you as the listener to think that you should downplay what happened to you. Again, it's mental health awareness month and at least for me having this platform, I think it's important to be honest and to share true stories of being victimized, especially as women, um, with men who are misogynistic, narcissist, toxic mental abusers. <laughs> Like, it's very common, unfortunately. And um, I just wanted to share my truth. And this is my podcast. And this is my platform. And I could say whatever the frick I want. So, I am someone that has no regrets in life. I do not regret what happened to me. Because it has brought me to where I am now. It has brought me to the mindset of where I am now. I am very... I'd say spiritually enlightened. I'd say I'm very confident. I love myself. I love hanging out with myself. I love who I am. I love where I'm going. I do things for myself. That other podcast that I episode that I said, like me quitting my job and starting to be a digital creator and YouTuber and podcaster is like the first thing I've ever done for myself is true. Like, I won't get into it, but I, I like... I do things for other people. I've always done it with other friends. I, like, was sort of involved with someone else. And I, like, got all wrapped up into how they felt and didn't really think about me. And, um, now, after everything, after me being who I am my whole life, I'm starting to recognize what being an empath is. I'm starting to set boundaries for myself, setting to, starting to realize what I deserve and what I don't deserve and what toxic looks like and what, and giving, giving a label to it. That was a mentally abusive relationship. That was a toxic relationship. Uh, he gaslighted me. Um, I'm not, I'm not an expert on anxiety. I'm not an expert on, uh, narcissism. I'm not trying to diagnose anybody, but there were definitely like narcissistic qualities about this person and a lot of gaslighting, and, um, it's important to share your truth, and if you can't, that is okay, it is, it's perfectly okay if you're not ready to share things that happen to you, or how you feel about certain things, take your time with it, um, again, if you want to reach out to me, I will, I will answer, I will, I will validate what you're going through, And, um, this is what this podcast is all about. Validating shit that we deal with. So, 
I'm sure I missed a lot. I I take notes. Oh, look at this. Look at these notes. I take notes really poorly. I just write really long paragraphs and I lose track of things. But um, that was, yeah, that was my relationship. That was my only relationship. And now I know what I deserve and I'm okay with being alone. But also I think it would be nice to have somebody. <laughs> Whatever happens, happens. I just, uh, I love myself and I'm, I'm happy where I am. So wishing you all the best. And if you're dealing with something, just know you're not alone. And recognize that, like, there are toxic people out there. There, You could be being mentally abused. And it's hard, it's very hard for people to get out of that. Get out of those relationships. I'd say, like, my friends, I'd always go to them for advice. And they'd constantly have to say, like, you should leave. You should leave. You should leave. He sucks. He sucks. He sucks. And that gets tiring after a while for my friends, for those people. Um, I shouldn't have done that to them. But if you are the friend of someone who's in a toxic relationship, just know it's not easy for them just to leave. Because picture it as, like, someone, the toxic person, putting, like, a huge dark veil around somebody. That's, like, their control over somebody. You get used to being, like, the submissive of that, that relationship. And so picture that veil to be concrete it's very hard to get out and realize that there's light outside of that veil and to realize that you are covered in darkness. That takes a while to realize. So um, it's okay to step back if you've already given a ton of advice to those people and let them figure it out for themselves because I had to figure it out for myself. But it was always nice knowing that my friends were there for me. So that was my, my true story of my ex-boyfriend and um the toxicity that that relationship was i hope that you learned something from this and honestly it feels nice to just get that off my chest and to just be real with you guys because that's what i want to be on this podcast I, I made this podcast to be real because i'm an open book and i'm ready to share these stories so happy mental health awareness month i'll be sharing a lot of uh little tips and tricks and advice and all that stuff and uh, be patient with yourself. Do things for yourself. Set boundaries. And um, I love you. Let's end it with that. I love you. <laughs> and I'll see you on next Wednesday's episode. I'm getting back into my normal routine. Well, new normal routine. So I'll be putting out an episode every Wednesday. If you're new, hi, welcome. Love to see you. And um, I'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye.